Draft Season Podcast. Draft Season Podcast. We're back with some more 2022 NBA Draft Prospect Analysis. It is your boy, Young Raz, coming live from where I do. Queens, New York. I got Sean 5K with me. Talk to him real quick. Hey, man. And we're here to talk about none other than Chet Holmgren. Um, if you guys are not familiar, we definitely did an earlier video at the beginning of the 2022 cycle breaking down Chet Holmgren. Go ahead and check that out if you have not watched that yet. We talk about Chet and we talk about what he can be at the next level. And it's a very interesting conversation to to talk about because I think Chet is in a very but precarious position as he as he does come up into this into this cycle. I think he's probably the most maligned prospect in this class. I think he probably has the most naysayers just in terms of the, you know, he's too small, he looks like a twig, he's gonna break. Um, you can't post him up. What is gonna, like? What is his role going to be on offense? Um, we've spoken about Chet in the past, but what would you make of Chet's year at Gonzaga? Uh, positives and negatives, right? I think for for Chet, I mean, just what I saw in the defensive end for him um, in college. You know, it it gave me optimism that he'll be able to at least protect the rim in in the next level um as a weak side you know help defender obviously making the leap from high school as real thin as he is um you know we wanted to see what he would look like versus you know superior athletes that college basketball would bring and there were times during the year where i, I did think that he was the best player in in the draft still um i think he also shot it pretty well you know and at at 7-1 um 7-6 wingspan as they say like he that that shot is unblockable um so you know he he made up for his his like lack of strength on both ends of the floor with you know having that high release and, and being an accurate shooter and then you know being able to block shots um with that same reach so he, he makes up for his lack of strength in, in a few areas, but I, I do think, obviously, um, the way that he handled himself against, you know, stiffer competition and bigger people was something that gave me hope for him as he continues along this journey. And obviously, he's going to have to put on weight, but, um, you know, I do think at some point that will come. I don't think he'll ever be the heaviest player, but he's going to have to put on at least 20, 25 pounds. Yeah, and I think it'll be interesting, obviously, to frame aside, like, and there's no telling how the frame is going to fill out. But I, I think for me, just starting about Chet, and we'll get into his strengths and weaknesses in a moment. But, you know, I think with Chet, the big difference between being thin and, and being soft. And I think people mistake Chen, Chet for being thin as Chet being soft. And I think if you really get in, dive into the tape, watch Chet. If you even go, go, uh, go back and watch what he did on the grassroots level, um, AAU and, and before he did get to Gonzaga, Chet is not like soft, man. And I think that's like my biggest misconception about Chet Holmgren. Like, even though he's not the biggest frame, and, and we'll get into like uh, where that actually affects him most on the court, but he's he's a fighter, man. He's he's a competitive kid. So I think that alleviates a lot of the concerns that I have for for Chet. You watch him even in the game against um, Memphis against Jalen Duran, who. who Use that you could tell that Jalen Duran was was charged up for that matchup against Chet. Jalen was a former number one prospect in his own right, and he knows uh, that a lot of eyes were on it. And 
they went back and forth and it wasn't just a thing of like uh there were uh possessions where Jalen got the best of chet and there was possessions where where chet held his own so i think that's my biggest thing for chet and i think you know just talking about what he is and uh him as a prospect and what makes him so special this is we're talking about a potentially franchise changing defensive building block i think chet really did prove that at the college level um i think at, he, he has the ability to step into the step onto the nba court and, and be in the upper percentile of one of the best uh help help defenders in the league and one of the most disruptive help defenders in the league i think his defensive iq is is special and i think you don't see a lot of i think even a lot of the little things Raz, and we can talk about um, somebody who we talk about on this on this podcast a lot, even somebody like a like a Jaron Jackson Jr., who we love. We uh, had him on my number one on my all defensive NBA team. We had him as a as a uh, defensive player of the year candidate, high on that list. Um, but we talk about like the dumb fouls he makes and things like that. Chet is extremely disciplined. I think we spoke about it on the um, on the previous video about Chet having a PhD in verticality. Shout out to Roy Hibbert. In, in the Roy Hibbert school of, of verticality, Chet uses his length extremely well um, to not foul and, and really just use that length to to change. You know what I'm saying? Whenever guys really drive into the lane, Chet makes his presence felt and guys have to, whether it's double pumping, you, he makes guys do things that they're not comfortable with. And I think that's really something that is going to translate for Chet to the next level. And obviously, like, you put him, put, like, Joel Embiid, uh, Nikola Jokic, those guys are basically you put them in the post one on one of anybody, and they're coming out with with either two points or somebody else is getting an open look. Those guys are matchup uh, problems for anybody in the league. So I don't think Chet is going to be alone um, trying to figure out that calculus and how do you stop those two guys. You got to have um, the right personnel to really stop those guys as a, as a collective unit. So I think a lot of the and even we talk about the modern NBA and, and how stretched out the floor is. Another one of my favorite things about Chet that he proved this season is his feet. I think he has really good feet, uh, deceptively quick foot, um, foot speed for a guy his size. One of the most underrated things about Chet as a player. Um, I think he's able to really show and hedge and, and ice and pick and roll coverages. And I think that alone for a guy like Chet, it's not only the rim protection. I think if you get somebody who's seven feet, that can also step out and guard or pick and roll and and you know what I'm saying play in that little sweet zone and you know what I'm saying also tag the big man make sure he's not getting a little lobbed and also disrupt passing lanes and, and deflect those passes that's high level stuff that when you really watch chat these are things that you really pick up um that he really does put um on tape so i think chet is somebody who he's gonna i think that's that was my number one takeaway for chet as a as a freshman this is something that you said as well that i, I agree with 100 percent from probably uh depending on the point of demarcation for chet you could put a, a line in the sand and for for extended period of the year he was one of if not the best player in college basketball at the moment definitely one of the winning basketball and impacting winning basketball chet did that um, on a consistent level on that gonzaga team so i think chet has a um we, we could talk about some of the you know what i'm saying just what are and obviously it's the aside from the obvious strength base uh aside for chet and the issues that are going to come with that what are other issues that we uh, that you would say just in terms of fit or or skill set wise you think are the most important um swing skills for chet i mean it's gonna be catch and shoot and free throws i think um 
I think he's going to have the ability to to get bigs in foul trouble. Um, and I think he'll need to be able to hit those jump shots. And um, I think that he, let me pull it up. I think he shot 71 yeah. percent from the free throw line or close to that. Um, I think he has the ability with his touch to be better than that. So I, I would love to see that in the low 80s, mid 80s, if possible. Um, you know, and I, I, that could just be, you know, repetitions. But I do think catch and shoot is going to be something that he's going to need to, to work on um, because he's just going to be a big target on some of these pick and pops. Um, and, you know, honestly, with his ball handling, I would like to see him, you know, with this positionless basketball that we have going on, um, I would like to see him work on at least attempting to be the the ball handler on a big to big pick and roll and see what could come from that. So maybe maybe reverse the uh the first thing I said and let's let's go let's see if we can work on his playmaking. Um I feel like that'll be much better um than his catch and shoot because the catch and shoot can come along. If he can work on his playmaking, um he's gonna be obviously a monster basically. I think that's probably one of the more interesting points because Mark Few did not use Chet in that in that fashion and you talk about andrew nemhard who talked to him had a great combine but he if you watch a lot of the the chet grassroots stuff and what he did um in aau even even when he was playing with Jalen suggs yeah he would do a lot of you know what i'm saying initiating and um like i said he's capable ball handler for his size which is crazy for a seven footer um he can uh, basically grab the ball bring it up in the half court you like he, they didn't use him in that way at all but i think in Chet, you know, we talk about like um, the Under Armour grassroots circuit where he crossed up Steph Curry and, and went viral on that. Like, yo, a seven footer doing behind the back, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Snatchbacks and, and, and finishing in contact. That was sort of the appeal. And you know what I'm saying? I don't think it is like, honestly, it's probably like for, for anybody not named Nikola Jokic or, or the select few NBA players who have that capability to really initiate offense and and in half court settings um because it's one of the the, the most rare skills um in in the nba that's just impossible to find untapped potential for a guy like chet he definitely has a couple avenues to really actually get there as a as a um, as a ball handler or even um i think just he's also like a and just in terms of how solid of a player that he is i think there's a lot of routes for him to just impact winning at the next level and i think that just comes down to the conversation of where do you take chet in the in the lottery and um even if i think one thing that people struggle with when it, when it when we talk about the nba draft and really being able to put in the box and get a good or synthesize the level of talent that is in each draft every draft is not going to have a luka Doncic. every draft is not going to have a, a lebron james or, or michael jordan but you know, I think when you're talking about building a roster and the expected value of production on a rookie contract and, and what you can expect from a guy's like, I think Chet is a, is the floor is extremely high on Chet. And, you know, what I'm saying the sensationalism that he kind of possesses with him. I don't actually think it matches up who he is as a as a player, because I think his avenue towards impacting winning basketball is going to be pretty. It's going to be a pretty narrow line. It's just more of a question of how high is the upside for a check. And um, I think, like I said, you're not going to, they didn't run a lot of, um, they didn't run a lot of post-ups for check. They didn't run a lot of 
Um, they didn't use him as a pick and roll ball handler. I mean, a, a, a pick and roller, uh, which you could talk about just like one of his weaknesses. Um, doesn't set the best screens, um, and that kind of comes back to kind of the support strength thing. And even in as interesting as you saw it, I think Synergy only logged him at around like 15 um, possessions as the uh, as a pick and pop guy in in pick and roll. They really didn't use him like that. I think I think in the NBA he's going to be used in a lot more versatile. I think there's a lot more creative ways to where um, Chet doesn't have to average 20 points to be a um, to, to kind of like be the player that he can be. You know, I think even if Chet comes in and average, like if he gets to like 14 points per game, I think that's a win for for what, what he's going to bring you on on the defensive side of the ball. Talk about the Magic winning the draft, OKC being at two. Two organizations that Chet kind of fits or checks all of the boxes about what they look uh, positional size and length. I mean, those two teams love taking those guys. I don't see a scenario where he falls out of the top three, but on those two teams like how would you see his fit and how would you like the fit in terms of maximizing chat Holmgren as, a, as an nba player yeah i don't i mean to me he probably shouldn't fall out the top two but um i think between those first three teams we know the thunder would love would love to just run out that chaotic lineup of him and, and poku and, and, and Giddy and, and Shy and Arshay and just have an all-world wingspan lineup that nobody can do anything with if it ever worked out. Um, you know, but um I think besides just the, the ridiculousness of that, I mean I would love to see him, you know, reunited with Suggs and those boys down there. I think they have a bunch of pieces um that they have to figure out what fits. Um so I think he obviously goes there and will get, you know, like you were saying on, on the on the Ivy video, um, you know, the keys to the to the franchise. I think, you know, he's somebody that you would start to see some stuff start to change around the franchise with a player like that on your roster. Um, I mean, I, I don't think either three, any three of the teams would be a bad fit. I, I do think I would want to see him on Oklahoma City the least if we can if we'll narrow it down like if i had i don't know if i have one that's a favorite i will just eliminate the thunder because i know this is what they were trying to do so fuck them <laughs> thunder thunder twitter <laughs> i mean I, thunder twitter gonna come at you that is at polo pivington on twitter if you if you want to send all hate tweets to raz but i think just in terms of like why i see chet as such a it's going to be hard for me to see chet fail as a prospect because i think he's going to be such a, a a low usage offensive player you're not really gonna have to do a lot for chet he's gonna get his he's gonna get his offense off of putbacks um one of the most insane numbers that i that i saw just looking through his synergy statistics they graded him out as um like chet is gonna be an excellent play finisher from day one um just as a vertical lob threat you put him um next to creative passers like sga or or giddy they're going to be able to find him and hit those over the top passes. It's going to be really hard for defense to really, um, you know what I'm saying, stop those those little like little push push lobs, I, I would call them. But Synergy graded him out as finishing 80 of 100 attempts around the basket. Now, I'm no mathematician, Raz, but shooting 80% around the basket, anywhere you want to put it, even if it's pretty not good, those are non those are pretty, non post pretty good. Yeah, pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty good. And I think that's just. I have um, 
my my concerns about Chet are long 